We are in our series, uh, How to Neighbor, and, and um, uh, we've been talking a little bit about how to get out in our neighborhoods and, and meet the people that, that are with us. And I made a confession to you last week that I'm not really good at neighboring, and I'm hoping to, to do a little bit better. But, but let me ask you a, an important question this morning. Um, why is knowing our neighbor so important? Uh, better yet, I think it really boils down to what we learned last week where Jesus said the reason why we need to know our neighbor is that we can love our neighbor. And so not only knowing but loving our neighbor is the key, and that is the depth of which our relationships are to go. So today is a, is a special day. It's called National Neighbor Day. Did you know that? Did you know that? Well, it actually goes by another name, Super Bowl Sunday. But um, <laughs> So uh, how many of you are going to be inviting some neighbors to your home today, you know? So we're going to have a couple folks over, watch the big game, um, have some snacks, and uh, talk about football and, and all the things that go around with that. I, I love the Super Bowl. I played football through um, high school, had a couple of college scholarships that, that I uh, thought about but just didn't pursue. Um, but I love football, but I've come to really love more, instead of the Super Bowl game, the commercials. And uh, maybe you've had a favorite commercial. My favorite one was the uh, Dorito commercial a couple years ago where the, where the dad is in with the mom. The mom is very pregnant. They're in the delivery room, and the doctor has a, a 4D scan going on, and the dad's eating a Dorito, and the baby like comes out ready to grab it, you know, uh, instant delivery for that. So, so the commercials are really good, and, and, and it gets us into the game, and, and more importantly, it gets us into kind of some conversational pieces. Well, I was kind of wondering maybe this year we might do something a little bit different. While you have your neighbors over, while you have your friends over, why don't you go a step further? Why don't you uh, uh, find a, a little bit of a way to segue a faith question in? Why don't you have an opportunity to talk to them a little bit about uh, what faith is and kind of in between that, that wrong habit of double dipping in the guacamole dip, um, take, take an opportunity and, and just maybe throw a faith question out and see, see where that might get you. Now, don't be afraid to do that. Uh, these are people likely that know you, and, uh, but you don't know about their faith. And what a great opportunity to invite them to come and be a part of St. Paul. You've heard me say many times that um, when, when asked the question, why don't people go to church, uh, their answer is because they don't know anybody. That's, that's what they say. I won't go to a church because I don't know anybody. Well, statistics have shown that, that basically if we just invite somebody to church, and if, you, if they actually come because of your, your invitation, 80% of them will come because you've invited them. And, and by you inviting them, you've taken away that one, one barrier that stands in their place, which is that they wouldn't know anybody. Because they know you, they'll come. So this is a great season on, on National Neighbor Day, or AKA Super Bowl Sunday, uh, to actually get to know people and, and to start embarking on some of those faith questions. Well, last week we handed out this uh, little handout here, and I hope you had an opportunity to use it. Uh, if you did not get one of these, we have them in the Connection Center. Just come by and see us after worship. And this was a, really a challenge. This was our homework assignment. Remember, we got homework last week. We're going to get homework today. And it was an opportunity to go out and meet our neighbors. Well, well, I did not get a chance to use it in my neighborhood, but I will tell you that uh, when I was in Orlando this past week uh, helping my daughter with some maintenance on the home and some things, I actually used this technique on some of her neighbors. And uh, as they came out walking the dogs or walking the kids, pushing around in the... Um, uh, in, in the, uh, um, what's the little kid thing? Strollers! You know, I'm on cold medicine today, folks. I'm not thinking. I'm, so I'm more, more strange than I normally am. But uh, so, really, you never talk and now you laugh. <laughs> okay, well, whatever. So uh, maybe you're on cold medicine too, I don't know. 
So out in the strollers and, and walking the dogs and, and uh, actually got a, an opportunity to meet a couple of folks uh, that were her age and, and got them hooked up in a sense that they could make some friends. So, so I'm hoping to employ that this weekend in my neighborhood. But how many of you actually took, took this challenge, this homework assignment, and actually went out and met some of your neighbors? A couple of you there? Uh, yeah, three, three or four of you out of about 400. That's okay. And um, so I'm really hoping that, that this week you'll, you'll take that challenge on a little bit and, and get to know that. I had several people come to me after church last week and said, well, pastor, I feel so sorry for you. You don't know anybody in your neighborhood. I know everybody in my neighborhood. Well, that's great. I'm glad that you do. And I hope that, that you're deepening those relationships and, and more importantly, that you're uh, uh, putting in those uh, faith stories that, that get there. Well, as I was driving home, I was, I was thinking an awful lot about um, our homework assignment last week, and I was thinking about this whole neighbor series and how we can really get out and, and get a chance to, to meet with, with folks. And, and I started thinking about what are some of the barriers, what are some of the reasons why we don't really know our neighbors? And, and I know just from my life, maybe this isn't your life, but this is my life, um, you know, one of the main ones is, is just lack of time. I know that sounds like a lame excuse. Well, lack of time, you don't have any time. Well, you know, sometimes uh, that's a reality, isn't it? That we just don't have the time. Other people don't really get to know their neighbors because of what some are called fear of rejection. We don't want someone to tell us that they're not interested in us. I, I got a text message from uh, someone uh, in our church that said, well, it's official. Our neighbors have told us that we have to move. They don't want us neighboring anymore. <laughs> And, and so, uh, of course, they were joking, of course. And, and, but, but, you know, it's, it's interesting that sometimes just getting out in our neighborhoods or getting an opportunity to meet people, uh, we have to get over our fear of rejection as, all, as well as all of those time commitments. I mean, time commitments, lack of time. This is a really busy season for those that are CPAs. Uh, they're doing tax returns. This is a busy season for teachers, preparing students for tests, busy season for students taking tests. Uh, your pastors are really busy this season. We, uh, just every week, we seem to have two or three deaths that we have to deal with. So it's a busy season for, for all of us. And so that busyness is, a, is one of those things that really stresses and challenges us to having enough time to actually get out and, and meet our neighbors. But let's go back to the story that Pastor Pam read us this morning. Um, it's the one about Martha and Mary, and sometimes Martha gets a raw deal. Uh, we kind of rag on Martha a little bit too much, and we need Marthas in the world. We need doers in the world. Uh, but there's something about the story that we also need to understand the importance of Mary and, and her role with that. So let me just take you back to the story and, and chat a little bit about that. It, it, as Jesus and his disciples were on their way, he came to a village where a woman named Martha opened her home. And I get that. She, she opened her home. She's being neighborly. She's being neighborly to Jesus. And, and, and remember last week I pointed out that, that a majority of Jesus' ministry or the, the core of his ministry was done in homes. Uh, we seem to think it was miracles and all those things. Those were secondary, that Jesus actually went in homes and got to know people. Uh, she had a sister named Mary who, sat, who sat at the Lord's feet listening to what he said. But, but Martha was distracted by all the preparations that had to be made. There it is, that busyness clause. How many times have you been distracted to where you haven't been able to engage the kind of spiritual relationship uh, that you want to nurture for yourself? Or how many times have you been so distracted that you don't even have an opportunity to go out and meet your neighbor? She came to him and she asked, Lord, this is Martha, don't you care that my sister has left me to do all this work by myself? Tell her to help me. You know, it's kind of like, you know, Jesus, justify what I'm doing, justify that I'm so busy, and tell my sister who is sitting at your feet that, that that's not what's right, but that she needs to be busy like me. Martha, Martha, the Lord answered, you're worried, you're upset about many things, 
But only one thing is needed. Mary has chosen what is better, and it will not be taken away from her. So I read this a couple of times this week, and, and, and I realized that when I read the Bible, sometimes I over-spiritualize some of the words. Let me tell you what I mean by I over-spiritualize the words. I, I put myself into it, and I just kind of like, yeah, 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 that's what it says, that's what it says, yeah. Yeah, love your neighbor, love your neighbors yourself, yeah, 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 that's, that's what it really means. I over-spiritualize it. And, and then all of a sudden, when I start thinking about like those words, love your neighbor as yourself, and I start thinking about people that maybe I have conflict with, or people who don't like me, or people that, um, for whatever reason, are in conflict with me, that, that passage moves away. I can no longer over-spiritualize the sense that, yeah, 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 that's what Jesus said. I have to start living into it. So I can't just talk about it. I have to actually live into that. And, and here's the point that I, I want to make this morning is, so often we over-spiritualize those words, love your neighbor. And we just kind of like cast it aside as just uh, the busyness of life, uh, the eating and drinking and the common bearing, is, as the passage would say, that we just don't really worry about that. So we have to make sure that we indeed can't just over-spiritualize God's word, but we have to practice it. Amen to that? And we have to be able to put it into place. So, so here's the point. Um, uh, we, we have barriers, and those barriers are the kinds of things that stand in our way that, that don't allow us to make neighbors. They're the kinds of things that don't allow us to move forward in our life. Uh, we have lots of barriers in our society, don't we? Ethnicity is a barrier. Race is a barrier. Sexual orientation is a barrier. From what part of the country you were born is a barrier. We see all these different barriers that, that seem to distract us or seem to uh, get in our way that, that we're really not sure um, how we're supposed to relate to each other, let alone be neighborly. And that's a great thing that the, that the Scripture is telling us here of some great things that we need to learn. And as I study um, these two things, lack of time and fear of failure, or fear of rejection, I should say, it really illuminates a lot of things that we're learning in this passage with Martha and Mary. So, so it says, Martha was distracted by all the preparations that had to be made. And that's what we're taught, isn't it? We're taught to be doers. We're taught to, um, our society teaches us that we, we need to work hard. We need to earn a great living. We need to live the American dream. We need to do all of these kinds of things. In fact, our society is, is at a point where when we meet somebody, rarely is the question, tell me about yourself. Usually when we meet somebody out of the blue, it's like, well, what do you do? Where do you work? What kind of services does your company provide? So we're conditioned to this doing kind of society where, where we're not really interested in the relational pieces, but more of the doing aspects of that. And, and really what Jesus is calling us back and what the story of Martha and Mary is calling us back is that yes, doing is important, but relationship and relating is, is the greatest thing. Now, some of you are looking at me like, well, gosh, I'm an introvert pastor. I don't like relating to people. I just kind of want to just do my own thing or whatever. But you know what? We're designed to be in community. And that's something that we cannot neglect. It's something that we have to live into is the, the community that's there. So our, our identity is wrapped up more in by what we do than who we are. And so that's something that the Scripture is trying to, to move us into a different direction. And that's the whole, that's one of the real important parts of this Mary-Martha story is that Jesus is trying to clarify to her, Martha, what you're doing, yeah, that might be important, but it's, it's what Mary is becoming, what she's being as she's at my feet, as she is, as she is in my presence. And, and Jesus talks to her um, about moving into that. Now, I have something that um, keeps me in Martha mode. It's this. Do you have one of these, cell phone? I mean, this is probably one of the most 
Uh, this is my lifeline. It has my calendar. It has all my contacts. It has all, all the things that are important for me. I even have a Bible app on here. If I'm on the go and I can't reach my Bible, I can read Scripture, uh, devotions, those kind of things. But sometimes this gets a little annoying, doesn't it? I mean, let's be real about it. You know, it gets really annoying. And some of those parts is, that, is, is the demands that come from that. And, and all of a sudden, some of you, uh, as you come by the office, it's not uncommon that this thing is in my ear. Even though I have an office phone, I'm also on this as, as I'm answering questions and doing things. And, and I've convinced myself sometimes that I can pull a fast one on you, that I can be on my cell phone and, and working my business and, oh, yeah, yeah, keep telling me what, yeah, tell me what that's all about and, and kind of go through that a little bit. Look, look here, I'm... I'm getting a, a text message from Jim Hale, who's uh, back here playing a game with me now. Hey, Bob, are you preaching? Yeah, yeah, Jim, I am. So, but, so, so it never ends. It never ends. Now, he's going to probably text me again here in a second, like, I can't believe you embarrassed me. But, but see, this is the problem, is that sometimes, and I talked about this last week, our technology has really removed our ability to neighbor really well. Well, Patty and I decided uh, one night we'd go out on a date and we would leave our cell phones in the car. And for us to do that, for me to do that literally, um, is, is, a, is a feat that is beyond all comprehension. Um, even, even on my day off, I'm, I get text messages and, and emails from the staff about questions and things, things are happening at the church. You can never turn it off, can you? And you know, you know what I'm talking about. It's, it's, your, it's that way for you too, I'm sure. So we decided to leave our cell phones uh, in the car. We went into a restaurant. We're having a great conversation, enjoying dinner. And I just happened to look over to the table that was 10 o'clock for me. I just happened to look over. And here's a family. looked like a mother and a father and three, three teenagers. And, and they probably had to be a family unit because I don't know many people that uh, you know, share their teenagers with other families to go out to dinner. So they probably were one family. And, and it was amazing to watch. And there was no conversation at the table at all. Dad was... Uh, Looks like he was you know, doing some text, texting. Uh, they were checking their, updating their Facebook status. They were playing games on the phone. And, and I was amazed at, at just how, how we don't neighbor, how we don't talk, how we don't communicate, how we just get so wrapped up in ourselves and our own little worlds that no wonder we have trouble and we struggle with love your neighbor as yourself. And that's, that's a huge piece of what the psalmist says. The psalmist says, teach us to number our days aright that we may gain a heart of wisdom. So the psalmist is trying to pull us in that, that we need to stop rationalizing what it means to be a neighbor, and we just need to do it, and we need to live into that. So the second barrier, so the first barrier is not enough time or too busy. The second barrier is um, fear of personal rejection, personal rejection. I think it's pretty safe to say that most of us in the room uh, want to be liked, want want people to like us and not say bad things about us or harm us in any way. And there's nothing wrong with that. But we have to be very careful that our desire to be liked and affirmed and all that doesn't send us into compromising who we are and our identity in order to bend over backwards to get that person's affirmation. So, so this fear of rejection comes into play sometimes in, in making neighbors because we're, we just don't want the neighbor to say to us that they're not interested. Well, Matthew writes uh, this, he, Jesus says, if, if you love those who love you, what, what reward will you get? Are you not even the tax collectors? Are they not even doing that? And if you greet only your brothers, what are you going to do more than others? Do, do not even pagans do that. So just talking to the people that you know, don't even pagans just do that, he says. Be perfect, therefore, as your heavenly Father is perfect. So, so Jesus is saying to us that we have to stray away 
from just talking to the people that we know. We have to just stray away from doing things with the people that we know, that that, that stranger, that that neighbor, that that person that's out there that we've yet to know, we might find a great budding relationship awaits us, a friendship, if we'll just take that step to do that. So, so there's some trust issues that come with this. So, so Jesus says that, that literally, that you and I are to love our, the stranger and love our neighbors because Christ is in us, that we are to love our neighbors and even the stranger as Christ would love them. So, so what does that mean? That, that means that we can't just pick and choose, well, I like this person, this person, and this person, and I'm not sure that I want to like this person and this person or whatever. If Christ is in us, the scripture says, that we must love others as Jesus loves us, but more importantly, as Jesus loves them. Is that making some sense? So that's the kind of love and the, the pieces that we need to have. So, so the Lord's game plan to change the world is not inside of the church. The Lord's game plan for changing the world actually is, is outside of the church. It's easier for us to, to show up and give hospitality to people that we like because, well, there's that, there's that uh, fear of com- or that, that comfort level, and we don't have that fear of rejection or being turned down. But yet the Scripture invites us in and says, but there's a blessing, there's a gift, there's an epiphany, there's an awareness, there's an eye-opening experience when we extend hospitality to those that we don't know. And here, here's a great way to remember in Matthew 5.35, I was hungry, you gave me something to eat. I was, a, I was thirsty, you gave me something to drink. I was a stranger, you invited me in. I was, I was naked or I needed clothes and you put clothes on me. And he says that I was sick and you looked after me and I was in prison and you came to visit me. And I love when, when this whole piece of uh, this conversation, well, Lord, when did we do that? And they didn't even know they were doing that but God did. It had become so part of their DNA that they didn't have to rationalize, I need to go and do these things. They just did it because that's who they were and that's how they saw the love of God in them. So we're commanded to love our neighbor and we find out there's barriers that are there. I've named two of them. Um, Lack of time or, or too busy and the second one is is uh, that fear of rejection, things that come there. But I think the, the question this morning is that we really need uh, to make this a personal thing. And we need to challenge ourselves with the whys. Why am I not a good neighbor? Why am I not being the best neighbor possible? And asking ourselves these kinds of questions. And, and the way to personalize this would be with those barriers is, why am I not making time to get to know my neighbor? Why am I afraid to go down the street and welcome someone that I do, yet, do not yet know. So these are the kinds of things that personalize it. Um, we we want to go from that superfluous relationship. I want us to get away from the, hey, Joe, how you doing? You might know their name, but do you really know them? Hey, how's it going? Is, which is what we, a lot of us do. Or, sup, here I am. How do we get to really know our neighbor? How do you get to know what's going on in their life? How will you have the courage and encouragement to let them know what's going on in your life as well? So our lead text reminds us that hospitality is key. And to God, hospitality, that's a, that's a, that's a kingdom of God value. And it's a, it's a high value item that the Lord has. And it, and it begins in this pericope of Scripture today, Martha opened the door and invited Jesus in. Did you catch that? Did you see the hospitality? Martha opened the door. 
And she opened the door and Jesus came in. And, and today we're going to open the door to the Lord's table. And, and, and so when we open the door and let our neighbor, and when God opens the door to this table, um, he lets us into his heart. He lets us into his presence. He lets us into who he is. And that's what's so important about when we come and celebrate Holy Communion, is that we enter into a deep and abiding relationship, not only with the one who created us, but the one who loves us, the one who will never leave us, the one who will never lead us wrong, the one who loves us so much that he went to a cross to give his life as a sacrifice to say, I will take away your sin that you might have a new life in me. And this is the importance of what it means to be a neighbor. So this week, as, as you're thinking about <clears throat> this whole subject of neighboring, here's your homework assignment. On uh, the front page of your bulletin, it's, it's spelled out there. Take a prayer walk through your neighborhood this week. Take a prayer walk. Now, what, that, what a prayer walk is, is intentionally walk through your neighborhood and look around. If you have neighbors who are outside, introduce yourself to them, even if you know them. Hey, Bill, you know, uh, my wife, or Jill and I, are, we're, we're out praying for our neighborhood today. How can we pray for you? Let them know. Let them know that you're a part of God's flock. Let them know that you care. If there's someone out in, the, in their yard playing or, or mowing it or something, and you don't know them, be emboldened, take this step, meet them, and become a friend, become a neighbor, and, and love them as Jesus loves you. Amen to that? Amen to that.